0: When Mexicans vote on July 1st, one age group could play an outsized role. Millennials. That's because they have the potential to account for nearly half of the electorate. And they in particular back leftist frontrunner Andres Manuel López Obrador. This is Karin Zissis of ASUA Online. I spoke with Pancho Parra, editor of Polls for Nación 321, a site dedicated to politics and elections here in Mexico City. He explains why younger voters are backing the oldest candidate. But we also talked about movements like Wikipolitica, how Mexican millennials see the future, and why they don't want to take selfies with candidates. You're listening to Latin America in Focus. Latino
1: America in Foco. America Latina in
0: Focus. Podcast by America Society Council of the Americas on politics, economics, and culture in the region. We're a few days away from the election. You've been working on polls focusing specifically on millennials uh, over the past couple of years. And you released a poll in March that um, looked at how millennials see this election and the country overall. And the age group covered is 18 to 36, is that right? Yeah. And can I ask? Do you know roughly what portion of Mexican voters fit into this category?
1: Uh, yeah, for the Mexican voters, uh, it's about forty-eight uh, okay. percent of the demographics. Okay, you know they fit into into that that segment. That's one of the main reasons we have Nacion Todos uh from the a few years ago when we started uh, Nacion Todos We focus on that segment because uh, we think that they have a specific weight that could be a key point on the election.
0: We're therefore looking at the, the potential for them to be nearly half of the voters, right? So yeah. that's huge. Um, one thing that was interesting to me when the poll came out, because now it's been a couple of months, is that it showed a huge lead for Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, or AMLO, as he's commonly known here. He had 51% of support in this age group, over 29% for Ricardo Anaya, and just 13% for the governing prees candidate, uh, José Antonio Mead. And at the time, the distance between first and second seemed really big. But since then, the polls, the general polls that we're seeing are, are sort of similar. It's actually reflecting what you're seeing among millennials. Um, but even with that, when I look at some polls now that have age breakdowns, I'm still I'm still seeing a lot of more support among younger voters for AMLO, even though he's 64. So he's the oldest candidate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Anaya, who's second, isn't even 40 yet, but um, he's well behind with millennials. Why do you think the youngest voters are going for the oldest candidate.
1: Well, before before answering that question, um, when you see all the numbers, you find out that uh, López Obrador and Ricardo Naya like overachieve on that segment versus the general population okay. on the March poll. Uh-huh. And in the case of uh, José Antonio, Mid, he was underperformed. You okay. know, um, and, and that that being said, uh, what the first thing we can we we can see. On the poll is that millennials don't like me because one because of one reason they reject the actual government. You no, know? on that same poll we asked asked them about what which one will be the candidate that you would never vote, and the most voted that they would never vote was Jose Antonio mead with like fifty oh, okay. percent. So th- uh-huh. that that rejection starts there. Now, uh-huh. answering your question, mm-hmm. why? Is he popular on millennials and he doesn't fit, maybe? He actually fit because of one thing. It's not about age. It's about the the characteristics of of that person, you know? Um, You can see it on Uruguay also, if you think on Pepe Mujica. Uh, He was very... um, Popular around millennials, and also in the United States, which one, which was the millennial candidate, Bernie Sanders, by far. The reason by far. That
0: people do not perceive that we are living in the wealthiest country in the history of the world is that almost all of the wealth and much of the income is going to the top one percent.
1: Those three politicians, uh, Pepe Mujica, Bernie Sanders, and Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, uh, they have a way to talk that it's different but pretty similar, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. They talk slow but direct and easy. I don't think
0: in, to
1: in a friend of mine that it's not really into politics that he hear a politician to talk in a very traditional and big ways. No, that sounds like the kind of things that my parent used to hear. Mm -hmm. I need to hear direct and easy things. Mm
0: -hmm. And López
1: Obrador, I think in in communication uh, skills, he has that kind of things. Actually, one thing that it's brilliant from him is that he make concepts easy. As the Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, again with the corporations, uh, he used to talk about the 1%. In Mexico, López Obrador, he talks about Mafia del Poder. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mafia of Power,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the ones that have taken you out of uh, of the public arena, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of things it's easy to understand. And the other thing, he is funny, because he is true.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you think in the other two candidates, Ricardo Anaya and José Antonio Mid, well, Ricardo Anaya, he has been having issues to project a personality, know that who he is. He's the one who, took, who plays uh, musical instruments or <laughs> rides a horse, or he's like the new uh, Edison. Like, who is this guy? Uh, it's not really e- easy to understand it. And in the case of... Um, José Antonio, well, again, he has the lack of of a good party because he's charging with uh, the ruling party. And the other thing is that, in my opinion, he didn't manage to project a personality that it's easy to understand. He's the continuity of the government or the change of the government. He actually been talking about those two things. They're not compatible. Are you the continuation of Peña Nieto? Yes or not? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Maybe I like some things. Or you want to change things because the things were done wrong. He doesn't fit into one of those positions. Lopez Obrador, he has one thing. You like it or not, he is against some things from the last 18 years. He's been talking about that, those things. And it's easy to understand the personality that he have.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, because this is his third time running. I think. I think... AMLO is making headlines everywhere. So people are now familiar with him. I and mean, that's one of the things that he's hes also sort of a, a known name because he's been running so many times. Uh, we're we are getting into the final days, and that means there are a lot of AMLO profiles being published in the United States in English for English-speaking readers. Yeah. And everybody's sending them to me <laughs> here in Mexico. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of Trump comparisons. And I think that's because... For American readers, you need to have something simple to grasp, um, for people to, to connect what the type of personality is. So it's interesting hearing you make the comparisons more with Bernie Sanders or Pepe Mujica than than with Trump. <laughs> and, <laughs> and shifting away from well, that. He has, he has
1: some comparisons that will be uh, possible. Maybe the relationship with media. When Donald Trump talk about uh, fake media, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe, maybe the comparison would be uh, when López Obrador don't like something about media, he says, prensa fifí. It's mm-hmm. like... Uh, Rich media,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) media Mm -hmm. for rich guys. So, they maybe on the issues about economic that uh, Donald Trump wants to take to make a great America great again, and talk about nationalism on the um, business part. Uh, López Obrador also talks about that kind of things, but in a different way Mm -hmm. that Donald Trump. Donald Trump is all about like no America first. Oh no, that that was the House of Cards. (laughs) (laughs) Cards, but it's it's like first first the United States and Lopez Obrador sometimes uh, make uh, a little bit winks of that kind of things, but it's uh, more subtle.
0: One thing though, in spite of the fact that he has that, Amlo has such strong support and over half of millennials back him. It was interesting for me to see how few millennials identify with a party. So yeah, more millennials identify with AMLO's party, Morena, than any other party, but 59% of millennials said they don't identify with any party at all. And this is a country where one party dominated everything for decades. Why is there this distancing from parties and what do you think it says says about it, sort of a changing political landscape in Mexico?
1: Well, first of all, I think uh, the a lot of traditional political parties have failed uh, to achieve uh, or appeal to young voters. Why? Because they continue to doing uh, strategies that are for uh, non- different kind of voters. That would be the first thing. Now, the second thing, they are they have a bad image. You know, because when you think about uh, politicians, you think about their party. First uh, example, pri is the ruling party. PRI was uh, the party of uh, Javier Duarte, one of the uh, more, most corrupted uh, governors of Mexico that we have known. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to think about PRI and not think about uh, corruption because of the story of their members, you know? And that's, that's one of the main reasons that political parties are, it's difficult to, to, to trust them. But there's something interesting. When we ask them to, to choose a party If they have the the opportunity to go with with a party or an independent candidate, they finish going to the parties. So it's kind of weird because you would you would say, hey, if you don't like the political parties, why are you not choosing a independent candidate? That being said, I think that the problem is that also some of the representatives of the independent movement are not good enough. When you see those kind of characters, uh, you see people that used to come from uh, from from other parties. When when we think about independent movement, I like to think more of Pedro Kumamoto and Roberto Castillo, Susana Ochoa, that they're members of, of a movement called Wikipolitica, you know, mm-hmm. that they say, we look like a party, we act like a party, but we're not a party because we don't receive uh, public money.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that actually makes some sense in the in in the voters because they say like well uh, you have a a common strategy for all of you 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 manage to think alike you have the same logo mm-hmm. but you're independent and you don't receive public money
0: mm-hmm. i think
1: that the issue is about public spending on political parties that is one that have been one of the main um, causes mm-hmm. of of pedro kumamoto with his movement uh, sin Voto no hay dinero Mm-hmm. You no, know, he 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 says if they don't uh, vote for the party, the party shouldn't have that much money.
0: For, to clarify for anyone who's, who's who isn't. Following this election closely, there's only one independent candidate right now, El Bronco, um, who was in the pre for years. So for many, yeah. he kind of is identified as still being part of that system. Um, there was Margarita Savala who dropped out, another independent candidate, and some of the some of the other. And Margarita
1: Savala also was a prominent member of pan mm-hmm. the, the right wing mm-hmm. party and at that time she says like well if they don't want me at pan they w- i will go independent
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you going to appeal to an independent vote if everybody see you and and see the pan uh, trademark mm-hmm. she actually uses the same colors of pan i think that the problem is with those independent options
0: mm-hmm.
1: when they don't find a good option you go with the worst candidate that you know.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying to some degree then is 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 that an independent candidate has to be truly independent. These aren't truly independent candidates. Um yes. so some of the other candidates you mentioned who for those of us here in Mexico they're really familiar names like Pedro Kumamoto I think he's what, what, like twenty-eight or twenty-nine 28, now. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. He's um, and he's a legislator in Jalisco.
1: Local legislator. Local
0: legislator in Jalisco, and he's running for as an independent for Senate, um, and for many people is a very hopeful. Totally. Very hopeful look towards the future. I think it's something that, outside of Mexico, you don't hear a lot about the Wikipolitica movement yeah. um, or the, those independents. And, and he won as an independent in Jalisco. Um, he's helped to shepherd through some really important pieces of legislation, such as uh, stripping uh, one piece of legislation that stripped immunity um, for local legislators in the state of Jalisco, which is what we call El Fuero here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so that, that's that been very big. And I know that he, he writes a column for Nacion Tres Dos Uno. Yeah, he, right. he
1: writes a column, and you know the, those those two two pieces of legislation that you mentioned. Um, I personally don't agree with him.
0: Uh, you know,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think that uh, fueros sh- it has a a reason to be, mm. you no, know? mm. and I don't think that the best way to take money away from parties is the one he's proposing. Mm. But he has something. He's true about what he thinks, and that is. Something really different, and a lot of the people that are around uh, the wiki political movement they, uh, they project that 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 spirit, and that's the main reason uh, way why he's, he's different. Mm-hmm. You know a lot of he, he doesn't have the the, um, the political structure to be in a campaign. He has a lot of young uh, supporters that go door by door. And it's an amazing movement in Jalisco. And, and, and now he's running for the Senate. Everything, uh, show, the polls are showing that he will be uh, on, the, on the Senate. And I think that, that he may be the, the brightest and the most interesting uh, character to follow up because every step he takes is a bigger one. Mm-hmm. No, when he managed to to go to the local uh, legislator, everybody says like, "Yeah, he's so young, he's alone, he don't have a party, he won't make it." I actually think that at that time, mm. and he closed my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do in the Senate.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: I, I think uh, for for millennials is is very interesting to follow up those kind of, of of politicians because the main reason, the main things they have is. They are really true. Mm. They talk a lot with people, and when you hear them, yeah, of course they have this. Uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> sand. No, but you said you know this guy. It's accepting a lot of errors, and that it's really hard to find in another politicians. He says, you know, uh, that 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 way to took money away from parties. Maybe it's not the best, but it's the best that we could achieve. I'm really sorry that we didn't made it the the best way but uh, we're taking small steps oh my god that that would you would never hear that from another politician that it's uh in parties in political parties mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the main reasons i think millennials are looking they want to hear truly leaders
0: mm-hmm. as
1: pedro Kumamoto, or maybe maybe as uh, lopez obrador that he has been staying true to his causes
0: well, okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about that I found interesting looking through your poll is a completely different way of asking questions, even, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so questions that you just don't see in any other poll, but also how people would answer. So, for example when asking people to qualify the current president, Enrique Peña Nieto, they were asked to pick between a happy face emoji and an angry face emoji, and by far they picked the angry face emoji. And one thing that I I also saw is that you had some questions specifically about um, political campaigning over social media. And the largest number of um, respondents saw, that you saw a lot of respondents saying um, that they saw uh, social media as a way to do political campaigning, but on the other hand, Most of them said they wouldn't want to chat with a candidate over WhatsApp (laughs) or post post a selfie with one of them online. Right. So what what there's both this preference for social media and a distancing from it. You know, why do you think that is?
1: Well, (laughs) maybe your 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 aunt from Wichita, Kansas, at you at Facebook and you say, "Okay, I'm going to add her. I'm going to accept her. Uh But but I don't want to interact with her. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so I think the social media is now the public uh, space, the, the plaza, mm-hmm. you know? uh, the square that every everything, um, everything goes in. But they, they want to find political uh, messages on social media. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? Because you ask for a pizza and an app. Mm-hmm. You know, you are on your phone and maybe you don't want to watch a big ad on the street of a politician with his big face personally <laughs> uh-huh. I, I found that uh, a little bit disgusting you know uh-huh. maybe i would like a small uh, video of him saying uh, some of her his uh, thoughts or, or ideas you mm-hmm. uh you want to find political messages on your twitter feed maybe mm-hmm. you know but when you when you said i want to chat with this guy nah, not really um, I don't want to interact that much with that guy mm-hmm. no, not in my social media and the other one and personally that um, that was a surprise for me also but when you think when you think about it a little bit more and make a lot of sense uh, maybe I would vote for and candidate whatever the name is but I don't really. I'm not really sure that I want to show my public support with him Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. Um, there's a. I'm going to give you a, a great example. Uh, you're dating uh, someone, and you love to date that that person. You love to send send her memes or something like that. But are you going to change your profile picture with her? Oh my God, that's that's more a uh, compromiso, you know. <laughs> that's
0: more of a commitment. Than <laughs> that's you more make
1: of like a commitment, it. you know. Mm-hmm. You like to take on social media uh, with a lot of levels, you know. Uh-huh. To inform you in social media, that's fine. To find things about the candidates, that's fine. But show my support on social media, not everybody.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of humor on social media here. Totally. It's so fast. I mean, if you're, as as an American, I end up watching all the debates um, that are in the United States. And you see a lot of jokes on Twitter when, when you have political things happening in the United States. But it's not like here. It's not... The memes, the videos, they're instant. You know, there's the really famous thing that that during the first debate, when El Bronco uh, said that he would want to cut off the hands of thieves. That was one of his proposals, to cut off the hands of thieves, like Saudi Arabia
1: style.
0: And... There was the, you could see the, the sign language interpreter doing the signal, <laughs> and that clip, with and memes just went viral within seconds, it was so fast. And one thing that, that um, we've also seen here is how much music can play a part. So there was the Niña Bien video, which was about a rich girl who was going to vote for Ya Sabes Quien, for, for AMLO. <laughs> and, and then you, you do have some things that are actually produced by campaigns like Movimiento Naranja.
1: That was an amazing song. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Can't get that song out of our head, but And that's not a very big party, but probably that song will be one of the one of the most memorable things. They're they're in the alliance with um, Ricardo Anaya, but it's a small party in his coalition. But we're going to remember that song um, for a long time to come. So, what do you think the role is? How do you think 2018 has really shifted? In Mexico, social media, sharing of information, sharing of music, sharing of memes—how has that really changed this election? Do you think compared to other, to, compared to past ones?
1: I, I think this is the first real election of social media. In 2012, I think it was Twitter was really small, uh, and Facebook was growing. I don't know my 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 benchmark. Yes, my mom didn't have uh, Facebook on on her phone in 2012. 2018, they have phone, they have Facebook on their phone, they have WhatsApp. No, a lot of memes actually travel faster through WhatsApp groups Mm -hmm. than when you post it on on Twitter or, or Facebook or Instagram. And I think that you you talk about an amazing point there. The humor of this election, it's really interesting because I think that the sorry to all the candidates. But I think it's have been a little bit boring, in topics. They haven't been really interesting. The campaign, that the only thing you have, is humor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that that that's the main thing. If we re, if we re really have, a cleavage issue, are you against or uh, pro this thing? Oh my God then the debate would center and that kind of things but we think but when we think on, on the on the three debates that we have we have a lot of epic moments that are actually funny the one that you're talking about uh, chopping <laughs> the uh, the hands yeah. no, cutting the hands uh, we didn't start a big debate on human rights we just laughed because the candidate that proposed it, we all everybody knew that it was a ridiculous propose and okay next mm-hmm. the second debate, I think in the second debate, we have the knockout of the election, uh, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It was when when Ricardo Anaya, that was the second uh, runner, Mm -hmm. um, approaches uh, López Obrador, and López Obrador took out his wallet. Show it to the to the um, to the audience and, and says he's gonna rob me. Mm-hmm. Look at I'm I'm putting my wallet here. I have it here because he wants to rob me. And everybody was like, ha ha ha, such a cute guy. But he actually says this guy is a thief. Yeah. And the other one that I think it was off the script. I think the first one maybe uh, he think about it, doing that move. But the second one was one that at that time I didn't find it that funny but was the the Ricky Ricky Canajin
0: Quiere responder candidato López Obrador Es
1: este Ricky Rikín. Este Ricky este Canajin Ricky Ricky Canajin No the time he says López Obrador talks to Ricardo Naya and says Uh, Ricky Ricky that it's uh, Ricardo Rich
0: it's Richie Rich from the Uh,
1: Richie Rich yeah Richie Richie, Rich Rich. (laughs) and and then uh, Canallin that coward
0: it's like a yeah like a scoundrel kind of
1: and that blows twitter that blows the memes and Serenate como dices tu no te enojes Ricky Ricky Canallin Serenate no te enojes
0: Ricky Ricky Canallin
1: Uh, I was at a party the other day and a friend talked to another friend. uh, His name is Ricardo. He says, hey, Ricky, Ricky, (laughs) as a a joke, you know, but that jokes stay on the people's mind. We didn't talk about migrants and economy. And and that was those were the topics of the second debate. We think about the wallet and the Ricky Ricky, you know, Mm -hmm. why? Because the topics are not good enough. Why are not they good enough? Not because of the problems. I think in Mexico we have big problems. But I think that the candidates in the political context do not make interesting enough that we take them really seriously about policy.
0: Mm-hmm. And and we can talk a lot about humor and some of these funny things that have, have, have come out during this process, but millennials are obviously really um, interested in some of the things that are huge issues for this country. And you can see it in their rejection of the current government, obviously. Totally, totally. Also, it, the top issue for millennials is solving the insecurity problem, the crime problem, and the mm-hmm. violence problem in Mexico. Of the institutions listed, um, they had the most faith in, in the armed forces. Um, mm-hmm. Now, having said that, they didn't seem to have a lot of faith in institutions overall. Even with with the armed forces, it was a, like a, kind of close to half and half. It wasn't mm-hmm. an overwhelming confidence in the army, but it was the institution um, that they that they most trusted. So, security, um, looking towards the armed forces, what do you think that says is, is is on the minds of millennials? What what are millennials thinking and worrying about?
1: Um, well, I think millennials, um, the the first thing. That they hope from our government is security, you know. That being said, uh, the next question would be, what are they hoping to to get from the candidates? Does the candidates have strong positions on those on on that issue? For me, it's not really clear, and I've been covering the the election. No, maybe the amnesty proposal from López Obrador, but it didn't get any echo.
0: Mm-hmm. And I they, notice it's not actually, that's not actually a popular proposal no, that's for not millennials. A, that's, a,
1: that, that's a really bad proposal. Uh, people don't like the amnesty, but they still say, I'm going to vote for López Obrador. Mm-hmm. So uh, for a political consultant that maybe blow his mind because he says, okay, main issue, security. Proposal, amnesty.
0: Amnesty for criminals. Amnesty
1: for criminals. They don't like amnesty for criminals. They will, They are not going to like the proposal of Lopez Obrador and they say yeah I don't like the the proposal of my the main issue but I'm still gonna vote for him that's mind-blowing but you I think we have to take a step back and and think why is that happening despite that position on the main issue people still want to vote for Lopez Obrador because I think he represents more things than just the security issue I think the main issue around the election as the second one they, they, they talk about. It's corruption. And it's really hard to, to, to say that López Obrador don't want to fight the corruption or that he's corrupt.
0: And this is something that I think is a connection with Trump, which is that as we've gone through the campaigns, there have been times when there are things that have come out in the news or come to light related to AMLO. Um, for example, you know, business leaders coming out and criticizing him, or sometimes ally him, allying with certain um, questionable candidates and having uh, um, p- potentially questionable legislators uh, coming forth that, that could be appointed for his party. Um, and he uh, himself was in the pre for for a long time, right? So, mm-hmm. but there have been things that have come out along the way, and instead of hurting him, he's almost been like Teflon. It's like <laughs> he just gets strong.
1: Not Teflon. He actually gets strong. It's <laughs> like Hulk. It's like you make him angry and he get more strong. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense a lot of things in this campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we you try to hit it with, with corruption. You try to hit it with 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 the amnesty. You try to hit him that he wasn't Bri, and everybody like. Why are you saying that if you are from Bri? Mm-hmm. The, the same candidate that is proposing from PRI attack him for being on PRI. So it doesn't make sense.
0: hmm mm-hmm. So no, it's like nothing sticking. It's like nothing, mm-hmm. and doing the opposite, right? So, um, so one thing I did want to talk about, so because we we get to chat on all kinds of things, that I think are really <laughs> interesting. That, but you've been working on uh, millennial issues for a couple years now. Yes. Um, polls. You did a poll um, early on when Nacion 321, which is um, a millennial focus site uh, uh, published by El Financiero, Um, and early on you did a poll. We did another podcast, and I'll make sure people have the link in the podcast notes so that they can hear what we talked about then. Uh, But you've you've been doing polls now for a couple years. Is there anything that surprised you? Is there anything that you've seen that's changed since you started? What are the things that you didn't expect?
1: Well, on, when we talked on the first one, um, there were they they were a lot of issues that I thought millennials would be interesting. I don't climate change, environment. They actually don't give, you know what, you no, know? <laughs> and and that, at that time I I I found that interesting. But then I I I said to myself, maybe the image that we have on 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 millennials, it's really american media uh prototype Mm -hmm. you know and uh, the first thing that that i think when i saw those results were i'm not thinking on the mexican millennial Mm. i need to think think more on this context Mm -hmm. so on the next polls we were conducting we were focusing more on the local issues and the national uh problems and and one thing we found amazing they want results N- not necessarily now
0: hmm.
1: They, they, when we said what do you rather prefer problem solved uh, now or investment on the future, they say future and that, and that thing amazed me a little bit to me I thought like no 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 if I want my pizza in 30 minutes I want my problems solved in 30 minutes and they said no I, I, I can wait and I think that's that's something amazing because they are thinking on the future you know and that actually gives me a little bit of hope.
0: <laughs> we're thinking so much about July 1st, and we're thinking so much about the next six years. Do you think millennials, is that is that the limit for them? Is Are they thinking beyond that? And what are they imagining uh, beyond that?
1: Well, I, I think, like, the um, 1st of July is going to be a historical moment for, for the country. For the two reasons that can happen, if López Obrador wins, the left... As we understand it in Mexico for the last 30 years, it has been always been opposition, and now they're, everything uh, aims that they are going to be government, hmm. and that concept is going to change radically for the ha, for how we understand the left in Mexico.
0: Hmm.
1: No, and if he doesn't win, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I think uh, things would maybe would get a little bit messy, but the poll shows that he is going to win. Now, what what are people and millennials are thinking to the future? They are thinking, and the poll shows them, they are thinking about a better future, better jobs, better security. The issues about um, housing it's it's an issue for for for, for millennials because I, when I think of my, my mom at my age, he had she had a great job and a house.
0: Hmm.
1: I can't imagine to buy an apartment for me. It's mm. pretty expensive, mm. you know. Um, I think that um, millennials have, haven't have thought about uh, the automation of, of jobs. Maybe not in the big picture, but I think that those kind of things are, are, are coming. They are putting a lot of hopes on this government, and if the government doesn't answer, that's going to be a big issue. Because everything's being promised to the young people that they're gonna have jobs, that they're gonna be uh, better paid, no. But if they doesn't accomplish those kind of things, I think that there will be a big democracy uh, fail, Mm -hmm. no. Like in the Disney story, when 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 things don't go like they should be, no. That I think is a a big risk.
0: Great, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank (laughs) you very much. It's great. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Karin Zissis. This podcast was produced by Luisa Lemmy. Get more information on Mexico's elections from our guide at www.as-coa.org/mxelex. The music in this podcast was recorded at America Society in New York City. Check out upcoming concerts at musicoftheamericas.org. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If so, leave us a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Stitcher.